yourself. You have so much to give, you couldn't even fit it all in the offering plate. You may be seated. The season of giving, that's what we've been talking about. I think you can turn me down just a little bit, Brother DeMuth, if you would be so kind. We are still in the most wonderful time of the year, Christmas. And it's the most wonderful time because we all get lots of presents. Well, that helps. But because it's a time when we celebrate the whole wide world, because we celebrate all the time, but when a lot of the people in the whole wide world celebrate the birth of our Savior with us. For God so loved the world that he gave. We established the fact that you cannot love and not give. When you love, you give. And the thing that you give most is yourself. If you truly love someone, you give of yourself to that person. You can't love somebody and not give of yourself. So it's not in the getting that brings us happiness. It's in the giving. And we heard that Ben Carson said, happiness does not result from what we get, but what we give. And we also heard from Winston Churchill that we make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. So we talked about giving of our time. We talked about giving the gift of encouragement. Now we are going to talk about giving the gift of kindness. And these all kind of overlap because you can't give the gift of time without being kind. You really can't do that. I don't think. Maybe you can, but I don't think that a real schmucky person gives the gift of time. I just don't, but maybe they do. But So they all kind of overlap. But anyway, so we're going to talk today about giving the gift of kindness. Kindness is the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. Kindness starts with caring. You have to care in order to be kind. It's being tender-hearted and compassionate towards others. We're going to talk about that word compassionate a lot today. If you, if we are a farmer, God wants us to be kind towards our beasts. Did you know that that's scriptural? Proverbs 12.10. If you read your proverb every day, on the 12th of January, you're going to read that. A righteous man regardeth the life of his beast, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. It's a cruel person that just goes around and kicks his dog. However, comma, like everything, the I believe, now this is just me, Theology by Pam Parker. So take it, leave it, like it, lump it. I have the microphone, I have the clicker, I have the podium, I have the notes. So you have to listen to me for this moment. If you don't, well, then I guess you can walk out. But please don't because that might hurt my feelings, and I don't think that you would be giving me the gift of kindness. Um, and please come back next week or in January, because then I won't be teaching. Someone else will be. But personally, I think that like with everything, every command that God gives us, the enemy tries to twist it up. You know what I mean? He, he tries to take it and twist it. 
And I think that this is one of them. The Proverbs says, a righteous man regardeth the life of his beast. God tells us, be kind to our animals. I mean, regard the life of your beast. Take care of your animals. If you're a dog owner, take care of your dog. You don't leave your dog out there to freeze to death. You feed your dog. You water your dog. If you've got a donkey, you take care of your donkey. I mean, the Bible even says that if you have a hundred sheep, you go find the one that's lost, right? I mean, it's Bible. However, comma, what that means, Brother Richard, is I'm going to have something else to say here, so get ready. I think the enemy has duped us. He's taken it to this extreme. And now people spend $500 on their dog food. Really? Really? They take better care of their animals than they do their people. They'll keep their dog in their house forever until it dies, and they chuck their sick people. You know what I mean? They see a dog get hit by a car, and it's like, oh, 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 that poor little dog. And they see a 12-car pilot, and they're like, oh, I wonder if anybody's hurt over there. Oh, look at the blood and guts there. Whoa, whoa, that's really something. Wow. It's not out of compassion. But that they're craning their neck. It's like, how much gore can they see? And Right? It's like it's all twisted around, and that's what the enemy has done to us. So we need to be careful there and keep it into perspective. A dog is a dog. A cat is a cat. A donkey is a donkey. A beast is a beast. They don't have an eternal soul. A person is a person. Okay, we're supposed to take care and have regard. It says regardeth the life of his beast. So we're supposed to take care of him. Okay, for me, kindness is having compassion. It's being nice to everyone, no matter what I get. I'm going to get off that soapbox. It's like being nice to everyone, no matter what I get in return. It's being nice and kind and having compassion no matter what their condition is in in their life, no matter what their status, no matter. It's about me. It's not about them. It doesn't matter what they are. It matters who I am. Because I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I have compassion on them and for them. Jude 1.22 says, There is only one in Jude. So Jude 22 says, And of some have compassion, making a difference. Our gift of kindness can make a difference. Pulling them out of the fire. Where is their fire? In hell. Our gift of kindness can pull people out of hell. Think about that. Showing compassion to people. Showing kindness. Doing a kind, a simple act of kindness to someone could save them from hell. Kindness does not come naturally to us. As human beings, we are all born with an Adamic nature. That means that we're born after our father, Adam. It's not a curse word. We're all born with this human, selfish, 
nature. What's in it for numero uno? What's in it for Pam? What am I going to get out of it? If I do something nice for you, are you going to do something nice for me? Well, maybe if I scratch your back, you'll scratch my back. I'll bring you a candy bar if you'll bring me a candy bar. That's how we are trained. I'll share with you if you'll share with me. That's how we're taught from little tykes on. Think about it. Think how we train our children. You be nice to them and they'll be nice to you. You go play with them and then they'll play with you. We tell our children that. And there's a little bit of substance to that. The Bible says if you want to have friends, you have to be a friend. You have to show yourself friendly. So I I get that. But giving the gift of kindness just means that you do it expecting nothing in return. We are born, though, with this selfish nature, this self-centeredness about us, this I will nature. Where does that come from? Who in the Bible? I will. Satan. That comes from the enemy of our soul. And that has to become and will only become by spending time with the Lord. Now, there are some of those people that are born that are just sweet as sugar. They're just naturally nice. You know, those people that you kind of grow up and they're always on the good side of the teacher. They're always on the good side of everybody. And you end up going, I can't stand them. No, I'm sorry. Maybe you didn't. But they just have that sweet, nice, kind disposition. But they're rare and they're few. Most of us have to work at it until we know Jesus. And then he works on us and works in us. We have to have, again, it's the same as last week. We have to have that renewed, transformed mind. It's only when our relationship with the Lord, that daily process happens, that he makes us over again. I have to have Jesus, then I can give Jesus and his kindness to others. We must make it a goal and a habit to actively seek opportunities. Otherwise, we just walk through life in oblivion to other people's needs. I was amazed yesterday in the Walmart bathroom at the number of people that didn't see the need of a mom with a choking four-year-old and a -a one-and-a-half-year-old on a changing table that she needed help balancing something here because she had a half-naked baby and a choking Four-year-old, and which one do you let die? The one-and-a-half-year-old flip off and hit the concrete floor, or the four-year-old choke to death? She only has two hands. I mean, I know she's a mom, and moms should be superhumans with ten hands, but what? Now, maybe people don't want to help because of a lawsuit, but somebody's got to do something here, folks. But just oblivia. Just go to the bathroom and leave this mom to, whoa, really? But you have to engage, and 
be aware of your surroundings. Like we talked about last or a week before last, last with the gift of time. You have to be aware of what's going on around you. Well, the Holy Ghost, Jesus can help us with that. Have you ever missed the opportunity to get that perfect picture? Because you hesitated just a moment too long? Well, that's how it is with this gift of kindness. If you hesitate that moment, poof, it's gone. You may only get a fleeting second to think, oh, I should, poof. You have to act when God presents the opportunity. Oh, I should help, poof. Well, maybe I'll look like a fool if I, poof, that opportunity is gone. Do it. Do you honestly think that the enemy of your soul is going to provide you with an opportunity to do good to someone? No. It's Jesus that's giving you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to do something kind to someone. And then we're second guessing. Poof, do it. Do it. And that's how it is. If we hesitate, second guess it, then we're going to miss it. Do it. Like Pastor preached a few weeks ago. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Seize the moment. Seize the moment. And happiness will come in the giving. And don't expect anything in return. The Greek word for kind is Christos. Part of its meaning, when you look it up, is useful. And then they break it down and it's properly useful, eternally useful when it's referring to God, and beneficial. I think I'm forgetting to click on my slides. And Jude, I did. I got so carried away. What did I miss here? Dear children. Oh, I didn't. I only missed one. Dear children, let us stop just saying we love each other. Let us really show by our actions. This is in the New Living Translation. This is where the word is is actually used. In the King James, it reads, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So this word here in action is Christos, and it means beneficial. We actually have in our English language no word that adequately translates. No adjective that actually conveys the blended meaning of kind and good to the same context as this properly useful, eternally useful and beneficial to Christos of what the Greek word is. There's no English word that properly translates. So the best thing that they could come up with was kind. Kindly. Kindness. Beneficial. Kindly affectioned. So they did the best they could to get there. But God's eternally useful. Now I don't claim to know Greek. This is all what I read when I was studying for this lesson. But God's eternally useful. So our gift of kindness, remember, on some have compassion, making a difference, pulling them out of the fire. Eternally useful. Because see, I never thought of it like that before. My simple act of kindness towards someone could be eternally useful in their life.
I could make an eternal difference in someone's life. The simple act of kindness that I do in Jesus' name, without ever saying his name to someone, could make an eternal difference in their life and could pull them out of the fire. Because we have to remember that it's line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. And years later they could go, well, wait a minute. And I could be watering a seed that somebody else planted with my simple act of kindness. I could be watering the seed that your gift of encouragement planted by Sue's gift of time by Brother Richard's Bible study, that pastor's sermon, that, and we're all intertwined together, and then, whoom, eternally useful all together. Think about it. Pulling them out of the fire by one simple little act of kindness. So, dear children, let us stop just saying that we love each other. Oh, I love souls. Oh, I love people. Oh, I love my community. Oh, I love my neighbors. Oh, I love my church family. Oh, I love my pastor. Oh, I love Sister Sandy. Oh, I love... Let us really show it. By our actions, the New Living Translation says. The King James says, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Action includes some kind of self-sacrifice. And therefore, generosity on my part, especially in my time and my effort. In order to give the gift of kindness to others, it requires me to be aware of other people. I have to be, again, aware of what's going on around me. I can't live in my little cocoon and in my little web of what's going on in Pam's life and walk around with these blinders of, oh, woe is me, and oh, I'm so busy, and oh, I have so much going on in my life, and oh, I don't have time for other people, and not see everyone else around me. I have to get my eyes off of self and open my eyes up to everybody else. Remember the five-finger prayer? I'm the least. What's going on in my life? How many of you know what's going on in my life right now? Quite honestly, I hope that none of you do, because then that means that I'm doing a really good job. You know me, I'm just really straightforward. But we have to get, and it's not, we're a family here, we share with each other, so there's nothing wrong with that. We do share with each other. We come together. But there's times when we need to 
we we need to yes we share with each other but we also need to have times when we listen to each other when i don't talk about me when i sit down and say hey vicky what's going on with you and i don't say a thing about me and i just listen to vicky and i just learn about vicky's week but then there needs to be times when Vicky doesn't say a word about Vicky. And she just comes over and she says, Hey, Sister Parker, what's going on with Sister Parker? Hey, Sister Parker, how is? And then I get to say, How is? And then I can say, Hey, how is? And we share with each other. That's what family relationships are about. And so we do know. That's what I mean by that. It's not that we don't ever share with each other my things. That's not what I mean. Please don't misunderstand me. We do come in and I say to you when you come in, hey, what's going on? Because I want to know. So don't misunderstand that. Please don't misunderstand me. Please, please, please do not misunderstand that. I want to know what's going on in your lives. And it's an exchange that we exchange back and forth on. I want to know how how your grades went and that that problem got solved (laughs) and that came through good. I want to know. We want to know about each other. But sometimes we can get so absorbed in us that we don't see outside of us. That's my only point. That's my only point. Okay? Just to clarify, we have to be aware. We have to be sensitive to other people's needs. Be sensitive to the Lord and to his voice. There's times, though, when I have to be more sensitive to others and hear God saying, listen, don't talk. Ooh, something's going on over. You need to listen right now, not talk. I need to hear God's voice. And be sensitive to his voice. I need to be willing to set self aside. And I need to be at times willing to set my agenda aside for his agenda and what he would have me do. Of course, the emphasis on deeds over mere words does not mean that words are unnecessary. Actions include words. We need to talk. We talked about that last week, so we won't get into it. Jesus warns us that our motives for the gifts of kindness should not be to impress people. Matthew 6, 1 to 4, take heed that you do your alms, um, not do your alms before men to be seen of them. I think everybody in here is pretty much aware of that. Therefore, when thou doest thou alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do. Hey, look at what I did. Look what I'm doing. Did you know that I don't? Don't tell people what you did, what you're doing, what you're going to do, what you have done. Keep it to yourself. There's no point in doing something for someone and then boasting about it. The greatest rewards from God come when our acts of kindness are are done humbly, quietly, and when practical, anonymously. Don't boast about what you've done. You lose your blessing. Remember that you are a living sacrifice. Only the lambs and the goats bleat all the way to the marketplace. 
We Romans 12 tells us that we present ourselves a living sacrifice. First Corinthians 6, 9, 19 and 20 says, we are not our own. We've been bought with a price. God owns me. I have no say in what I do or don't do. He speaks, I do. Those two are not written on your paper. A favor done to someone to get a benefit is not a true act of kindness, is not a true gift of kindness. Genuine kindness is lending a helping hand when you expect nothing in return. Luke 6:34 and 35 says, If you lend to them of whom you hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great. And ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Kindness should begin with those closest to us. And then extend outward from there. So to me, that means that I should be the kindest to my husband because he's the one that lives in my house. And then my family, then my church family, and then to my community. So it goes like this. It's like that. Drop the stone in the water and it's the ripple effect. Ironically and tragically for many people, it's the opposite. They're the kindness the kindest to the people way out here and then it comes in like this and they're the least kind of the people closest to them. And it shouldn't be that way. It should be the opposite. Now that's not to say that we're not kind to those people way out here. As Holy Ghost filled people, we should be the same to everyone. But um, it's God is not unaware of the hypocrisy of us being unkind to those people close to us screaming at our husband and our children, our wives, um, and then being really sappy, sweet, nice to everybody outside the doors. He sees that hypocrisy. Um, talking rude to each other at home, and then you, you know, screaming in the car, coming to church, and then you walk through the door of the church. Well, good morning. How are you today? Can I get that door for you? And he's going, I hope you smash your finger in the hinge on the way. No. You know, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, But the Bible says in Galatians 6.10, as we therefore have opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. So we need to be doing good, especially to those who are of the household of faith. All men, but especially to those who are of the household of faith. Jesus emphasized that we must be kind to everyone not just our family and friends, so it doesn't stop with just the family and friends. Um, Luke 6, 31, 34, do you also to them likewise? Um, so it, it includes everybody, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Verse 35 goes on and tells us in the Luke 6 what our reward will be if we give the gift of kindness to others. But love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. We already read this. And your reward shall be great. If you give the gift of kindness, Jesus is laying up a great reward for you. You may not get 
anything down here on earth, which I doubt that that's the case. But he's laying up a reward for you. Your reward shall be great. So being kind to the unthankful. If you and I are kind to hundreds of nice people and all those people who are nice to us, those are the easy people to be nice to. I like to be kind to thankful people. It's really easy for me to do a kind act to someone who says thank you. I like thankful people. I love thankful children. I will go out of my way to please people and to do something for someone that I know what they like when they've said thank you for what I've done. That's just my nature. Um, but the opposite is also true for me, and this is where I really have struggle and I really need a lot of prayer within myself. And if you want to add to my prayers, you can. Just don't pray the vengeance of God down on my head to help me overcome it because I'm working on it. I really am. But I really have trouble with unthankful people. I really do. Because you have to understand, as a mom, I taught my children to say thank you from the youngest little age. I didn't know about the sign language bit, so I didn't do it at the youngest age, but at the youngest age that I knew. It was one of the first words that they learned after Dada and Mama and, you know, Bob's first word of all things was button. Who learns button for their first word? But anyway, what can I say? But perhaps... According to normal standards, people should be thankful. And back in the day, it was a word that was taught. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir, please, thank you. It's what we taught our children. They're the magic words that open the world to you. Not anymore. Yeah, no, uh uh-uh, huh? My kids would have lost their teeth if they said, ha, to their dad. Whoa. It just... And I find it really hard to be nice to those people that are hard to be nice to and kind to those people that bump into my cart at Walmart and scream at their kids and take my seat at church. And No, we don't have a signed seating at church. And, you know, those kind of people that don't say thank you. And you give them purple every time and they just walk off with it. And the purple, you know, you know, it just grates on my last nerve. So I have to remind myself that not everyone is taught. Sorry, I picked on you. That not everyone was raised by me. So sad for them. I'm sorry. They're just blind to good manners. They've only been taught ingratitude. They've been taught that they deserve handouts in life. You know, I have to go back and listen regularly to the old Glenn Campbell song, Try a Little Kindness, and the line, somebody knew it, and if you try a little kindness, then you'll overlook their blindness. You know, people just don't know. I don't listen to it on a regular basis, just teasing, but It's a huge factor in the world today that many people are psychologically, emotionally confused. 
They're just a basket case. They don't know right from wrong. They barely know left from right. I mean, Jesus, help them. They don't even know if they're boys and girls anymore. How would they know please and thank you? They're confused. They're depressed. They're full of fear. They're angry. They're suspicious. They're self-absorbed. So how can I expect them to know to be appreciative of my gift of kindness to them? And besides that, I'm not doing it to get. I'm doing it for Jesus. And Jesus got spit upon. He got a crown of thorns shoved in his head. So what can I expect in return? I probably shouldn't expect someone to say thank you. I probably shouldn't expect anything and then I won't be disappointed. I should just wait for my reward. If you reach your hand out to pet a dog, will he wag his tail or will he bite you? It all depends upon if he's been repeatedly abused or if he's been repeatedly treated right. People in the world today, many of them have been abused. Many of them have been mistreated. Many of them don't know. They're confused. They're suspicious. They assume that we have an ulterior motive to everything we do. They think that we're out to manipulate them. They're going to bite the hand that goes to feed them. When we go to do a gift of kindness, to extend the hand of compassion, they may bite us, but that's okay. We just walk away with a smile and cry in private. We don't lash out in like kind. They may think that they deserve everything, but they don't deserve like treatment. We still treat them with love and compassion. They need kindness more than anyone. I rescued a dog from an abusive home. And that dog needed more love than the dog that we had gotten from a different home. <clears throat> In the end, that dog only trusted us completely. She would tolerate other people, but she only trusted us. And I was the only one that she fully trusted. But it took a long time to get to that point. Your gift of kindness can show others that there are people who care. Your gift of kindness could show them that you can be a friend that they can trust. Your simple gift of kindness can bring about the progressive healing for their wounded hearts. You may only see them one time, but like I said, it's line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. You don't know what's gone before, and you don't know what God will send after. Regardless of whether they say no to say thank you, regardless of whether they do say thank you, I have to give the, kind, the gift of kindness without expecting anything in return. So how do we cultivate this gift of kindness? Again, because we're born again, not born again wholly, we have to cultivate the godly character in our lives. Like I said, for me, it doesn't come natural. 
There are some situations I just don't feel kind in. There's some people I just don't feel kind towards. And I have to cultivate it daily, just like the farmer plows his field in the springtime. I wish I could just do it every spring. But there's sometimes it takes every day and three times a day. Sometimes immediately in Walmart, I have to stop and say, okay, Jesus, quick, quick, quick. Plow up this field. (laughs) It's getting stony again. You know, it takes a genuine effort to be truly kind. Galatians 5, 19 through 21 tells us about um, the works of the flesh. We're carnal people. I don't care how holy you are. Oh, Galatians 6 to 10. Luke, my husband just reminded me. No, I wasn't supposed to do that yet. He got ahead of my notes. I don't have as many slides as I did before. Galatians 5, 19 through 21 tells us about the works of the flesh. No matter how holy you are, no matter how much Holy Ghost you have, you are still trapped in a human body. And it will try to overtake you. We walk in this human body, but the Holy Ghost wants to rule and reign. And it's up to us which one rules and reigns. Now I'll click for you, Pastor. Now you got me off kilter. Anyway, you can figure it out. Pastor got ahead of me. I don't know. There we go. There we go. Philippians 2, 3 through 4. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. The gift of kindness requires the opposite. It requires the caring concern for others. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem the other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Our innate human nature has to be, again, transformed, how? By the renewing of my mind. Daily, sometimes several times a day, I have to let God work my mind over. Renew it, transform it. The love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, meekness, all those things, the fruit of the Spirit, those are the character traits that have to be prevalent and active in my life. That carnal stuff has to be put away. I have to have the fruit of the Spirit. We know Acts 2, 38 through 39, the only way that the Holy Ghost can be alive and working in my life is to have the Holy Ghost. Acts 2, 38, 30, 39, when they said, hey, what do we do now? Peter answered and said, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. They were sinful people. We are all born sinful people. It's not that any one of us is better or worse than the other one. Because of Adam and Eve, we are all born with a sinful nature, and that has to be wiped away. So Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you, to your children, and to all that are far off. It's never going to end until the Lord comes back, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. There are many biblical examples of kindness. 
a few of, just a few of them are King David towards Mephibosheth, the Shunammite woman um, and her husband towards Elijah, Dorcas, a beloved woman who was full of good works and charitable deeds, the Samaritan in the parable of the good the Samaritan in the parable of the good Samaritan. I wasn't even the Christian or the religious people that did the good deeds here or the good the good works. Think about that. Barnabas, whose name meant son of encouragement. Another is the virtuous woman who diligently attends to the needs of her family and of many others in Proverbs 31. She extends her hand to the poor. She reaches out her hand to the needy. In her tongue is the law of kindness. And here, so here's our gift of encouragement again. Let our tongues be guided by the law of kindness and our hands be used for the gift of kindness. One of the most important Hebrew words in the Old Testament is he said, or I guess that's how you pronounce it. While studying, I read that it's used 240 times. It's often translated as mercy, but the meaning is broader concerning loyal or steadfast, steadfast love and covenant faithfulness. And again, there's no single English word that is adequate to translate it, partly because our language is insufficient to describe the central character of quality of God's character. I find it interesting that our, our English language is so lacking to, to grasp God's character. The word devotion is the one that perhaps comes closest. But the demonstration of this committed love in action is also included. So love in action actually comes close to this word. That's why the word is sometimes appropriately translated as mercy and as loving kindness or kindness. So he said, mercy, devotion, devotion, loving kindness, and kindness is this word again. The scriptures frequently praise that he said of God. They also tell us that we should have he said loving kindness one towards another. Jesus Christ practiced kindness that was radical for his time and, and the culture that he lived in. I can't help but to think that if we got actively involved in giving the gift of kindness freely, I mean really involved in giving the gift of kindness in our community, that we would be considered to be radical Christians, radical for our time and our culture. If every place we went, we did acts of kindness, that we would be like the apostles and turn our world upside down. If every place we went, we did a kind act, that we would be like Jesus. If every store I went to, if every time I went outside my door, I found something kind to do to someone or for someone. Think about it. When I sat and I was working on this lesson, I thought, how many times have I gone someplace and just gone there and come home and not done something for someone? 
He always had Jesus. He Jesus always had great concern for men as well as well as women, for children as well as adults, for other races other than the Jewish race, for the sick and weak as well as the strong. That was rare for his time. Men were esteemed more than women. You didn't talk to other cultures. You didn't intermingle if someone was sick. Jesus often wore himself out praying for people, for healing people, for feeding people, for helping people. His disciples would say, you're too busy. What do you mean? Who did? There's too many people here to even figure it out. How do you mean we're going to feed all these people? I can't have 25 people in here to feed them. When Jesus looked at the multitudes of people with all their problems, sicknesses, confusion, he didn't say, I can't. He he was moved instead with compassion. And he did it. Yes, he was God manifested in the flesh. But he was still a man. He still got tired. As we already read in Jude, we have to look around and we have to see people and we have to be moved with compassion and make a difference. We have to become sensitive to other people's needs. We have to be aware There's not a person in this room that doesn't have a situation and a problem in their lives. You want to get your mind off of your problem. You want to get your mind off of your situation. You want to be happy in your life. Give the gift of kindness to somebody else. Do something for someone else. Give. Give. And give some more. And if you still aren't happy, give some more. Give until you think you don't have any more of yourself to give. And then Jesus will say, keep giving. I did. With each one of us, may the gift of kindness be evident this week. May we seek Jesus first, first, and ask him, Open opportunities. Open my eyes to every opportunity. Because I think that he already opens opportunities. And I just miss them. Make me aware of those opportunities to give your gift to others. Compassion. Make a difference this week by giving the gift. Have compassion on others. Give the gift of kindness. Enjoy your break. God bless you. Yes, ma'am. Oh, she missed the first Corinthians.